When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Andy Staples on three. What a night. A lot of blowouts, Jesse Simonton. Starting in Athens, huh? Yeah. Starting with the number one team in the country. Yeah, I okay. Well, that's the question. Are they number one in the committee's eyes after this? Because you had you had Ohio State, which is the current committee number one, with a dominant win against Michigan State, but Michigan State's not very good. Uh, but Ole Miss is good, and Georgia just demolished the road. This game was 14-14, and it was it felt over at halftime. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the thing was, uh, even when it was 14-14, you never thought that Ole Miss was ever going to be able to get a stop. And I think what, it, what what's most impressive, Andy, you know, everyone knows about Georgia's talent. We know how talented they are. We know how deep they are. They, they, you know, flush with playmakers. Brock Bowers comes back. But what's most impressive is just how well coached they are. And I just think that gets overlooked because people are just like, oh, they just have more five stars than everybody. But they also make phenomenal in-game adjustments. These freshman linebackers, freshman corners, Lane Kiffin's picking on them early. You know, they're missing Dumas Johnson. They're, they're, they're targeting the guys out on the perimeter. They make some adjustments. Boom! You ba- they basically shut out Ole Miss the rest of this uh, the rest of the game, and that was just it was just really impressive. Mike Bobo uh, completely outclassed Pete Golding. You know, I mean, he was just uh, Carson Beck was surgical. The offensive line was just whipping Ole Miss up front. This was a complete and utter domination. Yeah, and you know Brock Bowers being back you see what he does for that offense like this is the first time we've seen that offense close to fully healthy because I, I I don't know that Brock Bowers is a hundred percent right now but this is the first time you've seen a, an able Brock Bowers with a healthy lad McConkey in the same offense and, and a man, healthy Kendall Milton and right and man does it make Carson Beck look good Carson Beck was 18 of 25 for 306 yards 12.2 yards per attempt uh, had two TDs and Kendall Milton ran nine, nine, only nine times for 127 yards and two TDs. So now you, you, you add Brock Bowers, the, the ultimate offensive freak. And then you also add a home run threat. Well, and, and, you know, Ole Miss's defense was a paper tiger top 30 ish unit, but they did rank in the, they do rank coming into this game in the top 10 nationally and tackles for loss, and sacks. And they didn't touch Beck tonight. Georgia's offensive line, they also get healthy. You're talking about healthy. They get a Marius back. So you're then able to slide uh, Trust back to his spot at guard. You're playing a freshman at left tackle who's just in Ernest Green, who's just punching people. Uh, Very impressive performance by Stacey Sterles' group. I do think, to your question at the beginning of this, I do think the committee is going to put Georgia number one. I think they probably thought about it on Saturday after they beat Missouri, and the fact that Missouri looks so impressive today too, just completely waxing Tennessee. I know we'll talk about yeah. that later. I think when you do kind of the transitive, transitive property 
uh, resume comparisons, that's going to be almost an added chip in this. You know, again, Alabama looks great. Alabama beat Ole Miss 24 to 10 at home. Georgia drops a 50 burger on them. So I think you add all that up, I think it's going to be enough to, to put the dogs on top. Yeah, because if you and if you look at Ohio State's other wins, obviously Penn State is a good win. What Penn State did against Michigan, you're like, eh, I don't know about that. Um, so, I, yeah, if you're comparing resumes, you, you probably feel pretty good about Georgia's resume compared to Ohio State's right now. Uh, I don't – it doesn't matter because right. they'd both make the playoff if they keep winning, so it, it would all work itself out. But I, I do think it is probably time the committee moves Georgia to number one, and then if Ohio State goes and beats Michigan, then you can move them back to number one if you want. But it was – it was a just utterly dominant performance by Georgia and Carson Beck. The uh, remember I said before the season, if you Heisman, wanted to put a Heisman future on him, I still don't think he's going to win it. He's going to go to New York. We'll talk about the guy who I think is going to win the Heisman in a little bit. But let's get the national title stuff out of the way because he's not in the picture for the national title. But this is a this is Georgia rounding into form and and yeah, with Bowers back it feels very different. It feels like they're, they're just so much more dynamic offensively, but you know, you know who else looked dynamic offensively? Ohio state, <laughs> Ohio state against Michigan state did what we wanted to see Ohio state do all year. Just obliterate an overmatched opponent. Marvin Harrison jr. Is otherworldly. We know that Kyle McCord looked really good tonight too, though. Yeah. I, I, you know what? It just, it helps to have 18 on your side. It helps to have 18 yeah. on your side. He's got back-to-back a thousand-yard seasons now. Um, it's 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 crazy, Andy. It really is when you think about it. The the receivers that have come through Ohio State in the last five years, these guys that are all in the NFL, Wilson, uh, Alave, you know, and and you're and suddenly Marvin Harrison just might actually be better than all of them. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just insane. It's just like. He is so good, and it was, I think, probably promising for Buckeyes fans that that Kyle McCord, he looked a little more explosive than a Honda. You know, you, you got the Maserati and Harris. <laughs> is, is he is he I an think, Acura now? Can we yeah, upgrade think, Kyle I, McCord to an Acura? Yeah, yeah, let's let's upgrade him to an Acura. Maybe maybe you know he's not quite maybe not an S class uh, or, or a Benz, but yeah, we'll, we'll give him Acura status, and and we'll see what he can do you know, next weekend as a follow-up performance to kind of set up this showdown with Michigan. But that's at least promising. It's better than he's yeah. been all season. Yeah, and it's exactly what you needed to see out of them this week. There's not, There was nothing else they could have done. All you can do is hold serve, beat the crap out of the better uh, out of the team that you're, you're much better than, and that's exactly what they did. So we got that. Let's stay on the, in the national title picture vein and go to the biggest the game, game of the day, at. the craziest – game of the day the game i was at yes so i was in happy valley if you want to watch the instant reaction show on that you get a lot deeper into the michigan penn state game uh that one's on youtube but holy cow jesse such a weird situation so michigan apparently like jim harbaugh i don't know if he rode the bus in with the team but was kind of apparently waiting outside the stadium waiting to hear back if they were going to get an injunction or not and they find out roughly an hour and a half before the game, maybe about maybe two hours before kickoff that they were not going to get an injunction. And Sharon Moore was going to be the acting head coach. 
And I, you know, it, it's just amazing to me how strange that whole 24 hours was. Like I was there at the airport when they landed, when they hit the ground at the airport, that was when they found out what had happened. Like uh, the I, big 10 released the news when they were in the air. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> yesterday was an unprecedented moment in college football history, just because of that, that decision, the fact that it was a veterans day holiday. So you couldn't go file an immediate injunction. Um, I would, I gotta tell you, Andy, I was waiting the entire first half just with bated breath and my fingers crossed that I was going to see a tweet from you or Ross Dellinger or somebody else that was at the game, basically being like, Jim Harbaugh has been spotted at whatever Penn State. Look at the Bobby Valentine mustache. Oh, I absolutely thought that was coming. That would have been great. I was was waiting for actually something even more trolly and funnier, which is I don't know what the best burger bar is in Happy (laughs) Valley, but if if he showed up to the best burger bar and ordered like a classic burger and a glass of milk while Michigan's just grinding the Nittany Lions into the ground, I I just was waiting for that. I mean, this was – you did go deeper uh, earlier this afternoon. My thoughts on this game are was just, you know, Sharon Moore is that guy. You know, he had this team, you know, ready to play. He responded with, with a game plan that worked. You know, I, I do think that J.J. McCarthy, and I wrote this after the game, I think J.J. McCarthy's Heisman candidacy is dead um, because they completely <laughs> it does, took the It doesn't matter at- because we're going to get to Jaden Daniels in a, a bit. Like, right, it doesn't other matter. Heisman candidacies matter at this point. But true, JJ but, McCarthy- but they, they took the ball out of his hands and they just said, hey, Penn State cannot physically match up with us. And, yeah. and uh, you know, once again, James Franklin's team proved unserious in a primetime game. Yeah, so – J.J. McCarthy, seven of eight passing for 60 yards because Michigan ran the ball four, yeah, 46 times for 227 yards. They did call a couple passes in there, but uh, one one was a P.I., so that didn't count. That one wasn't a play. And then a couple other ones that were called passes that turned into J.J. McCarthy scrambles, including one really key third down conversion that set up a field goal that allowed them to, to stretch the lead from five to eight. They uh, – listen – they dominated in, in the way you should when your offensive line coach got named the head coach that morning, basically. So yes. now I, I obviously Sharon Moore had worked as the acting head coach earlier in the season as well. So it's not like he hadn't done that. But uh, Jeffrey Blue, by the way, this this was the most impressive play of the day in that game. Uh, how about 350 pound Kenneth Grant running down a, a Franklin State running back? I so I used to work at the athletic with Dane Brugler, who's the draft guy. And uh, I texted him and I'm like, did you just see Kenneth Grant? And he's like, yeah, I couldn't believe that Joel and, and Gus didn't say anything. So I wasn't watching on TV, but apparently Joel and Gus didn't say anything, but I almost like, I stood up and yelled in the press box. I'm like, what is going on here? Cause he's a 350 pound defensive tackle running. I think it was Katron Allen running down a back in the open field. I've never seen anything like that. He, it was a Jordan Davis esque play. I mean, Davis was, had made, made one of those plays. Jordan Davis because it he was made, farther down the field. That's true, but Grant Grant uh, Grant made his presence felt immediately. He blasted Nick Singleton. He he basically went through two guards and blasted Nick Singleton on the first play of scrimmage today. Just completely, you know, stoning Penn State and saying, "Hey, 
you're not going anywhere unless Drew Aller is going to beat us with with his arm, which he couldn't. Uh, yeah. We got this. So Sadir in the in the chat says, so cheating two times allowed Sharon to have coaching experience, but you give them a pass, Andy, et cetera. BS, and they don't trust JJ because they couldn't steal signs. So, okay, buy into the BS. No, they're good. Like, they're really good. I'm sorry that you're mad at them. They got caught. They have been punished. They will be punished further by the NCAA. What else would you want? What else would you like me to say? Like, they played without their head coach today and still clowned a team that has only lost two games. And they clowned a team that's going to go 10 and 2. Yeah, they so clowned what, the team. That's what would, what else would you two, like me to say? And they didn't pass the ball. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, exactly. they didn't even, and they didn't need to. They never even were challenged. Yeah. Chad in the chat says, JJ won't be ahead of Carson now. That was before today. Carson outplayed him the past week. Guys, it doesn't matter. It does. We'll get back to the national title picture. Let's 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 move to, to Jaden Daniels and just get this over with. Guys, Jaden Daniels winning the Heisman. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> well, okay. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe somebody's going to have some incredible game down the road. Penix and, and, and Knicks, I think, are the only two that can probably steal it from them. Play, yeah, playing each other again, like whoever wins that. Like if Penix wins it again against Oregon or Knicks just has an amazing game. But let, let me let me read these numbers to you from Jaden Daniels. Do this, Florida. You, could, you couldn't do this on, uh, on NCAA you know, 24 against on the, on the easy level. Now, granted Florida's defense has been a lot like playing against air. The, uh, the Arkansas team that beat them last week, uh, got smashed by Auburn, which hasn't been able to do anything, but it doesn't matter. Like you shouldn't be able to do this against air 17 of 26 passing for 372 yards and three touchdowns, 12 carries for 234 yards and two touchdowns. Nobody in the history of the FBS has done that. Repeat Nobody's, that, Andy. Nobody, nobody in the, in the history. history of the FBS has thrown for 350 and run for 200. It hasn't happened. And here's he's what's crazy about that. It, yeah, and what's crazy about Daniels is that he's been such a sensational one-man band that Tebow and Lamar Jackson and RG3 were all on teams that lost three games too. But the difference was – at that point, they all had signature wins. Each of them had a signature win in that season. Obviously, beating Alabama for Manziel, what uh, um, Lamar Jackson did against Florida State. Daniels isn't going to necessarily have a signature win, but his stats are just so otherworldly compared to every other player in the country this season. It would yeah. be hard not to give him the court. I mean, this is a guy who basically got his head knocked off last week and came back and then set an NCAA record today and i gotta tell you lsu's defense is so bad like giving up 35 to florida is really bad like they're so bad that if nussmeyer had started they might have lost yeah i mean he's he again he's he is legitimately a one-man band and Austin the austin armstrong experiment year in year one is not going so well for, for the gators no no and and you can say it's the players and and that's definitely part of it but they they look out uh, just overmatched players and coaches every game defensively every single game and you know they they made South Carolina look great they made Arkansas like Arkansas couldn't do anything against Auburn anything they scored thirty six against Florida they were the on dead the road man. last week they, 
I thought they might be dead man walking a week ago, and it was just a week late. Man, I I don't know, Sam. I thought he'd save his job, but I did too. I did too, and that's one of those. So we we can talk about this part too. We have yet to see a coach fired for poor performance on the field this season. We, we've seen Pat Fitzgerald and Mel Tucker fired so far. Uh, we have not seen a coach fired for poor performance on the field. I maybe Sam Pittman. We'll see because they could have done it after the, the Mississippi State game and they didn't. So I don't know if they're going to do it or not. Now, the buyout is the bigger version because of beating Florida made sure they will not be under 500 since two, 2021. So they're going to have to pay the bigger version of the buyout if they do it. And uh, Zach Arnett's going to get fired at Mississippi State. Like, I, I, I'm i pretty, pretty sure of that. North Carolina just made a 42-yard field goal as time expired to send that game into overtime. Duke that, scored uh, with a minute to go. Yep, and that's one I was just going to ask you, Andy. Mac Brown's not going to get fired at North Carolina. But, what but is that one? Is that one that they should move on from? Is that one that they should maybe push a, push a, a no. retirement? And no, because they're still good for North Carolina. But this has just been very, really disappointing the way this season has ended. Whether they come back and win this game, and and you know they can win this game in overtime still, but but if the, they if were the mar- if the, if the market's fairly dry because there's not a ton of moves, you could you could maybe be at the front of the line for 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 one of these jobs potentially. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, just kind of toss it out that, there. There's not a lot of also hot candidates. Like, now there's Jonathan Smith right. at, Oregon, at Oregon State probably is ripe to move, even though he's at his alma mater. He's been great. Uh, Lance Leipold, though, like Kansas may pay to keep him. I know uh, Michigan State wants him. If Arkansas were to open, they would want him too. But Kansas has some money, so they might pay to keep him. And I just don't know that there's going to be as much movement as we think. Now, later, like if Harbaugh got an NFL job or, or the NCAA comes down very hard on Harbaugh and Michigan has to do something, but that could just be moving to Sharon Moore at that point. So I, I don't know if how busy the, the carousel is going to be, though I, I do think Mississippi State's going to open up and we'll, we'll see what happens there. Like yeah, Willie Fritz think- from Tulane would be an interesting name there. Would that wouldn't that be a great because Mississippi State's got to get weird, I think, to be mm-hmm. interesting, and I think that's that would that's both would qualify as weird and good. Well, I'd call Dan Mullen again too. Oh I, yeah, I, we I, talked I, about that last week. We talked about that. Last yeah, week. I, I, I definitely call Dan Mullen at least gauge his interest. Like, if you want to come back, we know you can win here. We know you know right. how to win here. And 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 I think that he could the recruiting uh, limitations would be less in there. You could use the portal. I do think though what could change the carousel this cycle andy is if we do potentially get uh a couple of retirements i'm not again i'm not i'm these are just hypotheticals but if matt right Matt and matt could could decide that's it if if kirk ferren says you know i'm gonna take it to the house with that with my he says he's not he says he's coming back right but you know some of these got lance also said that he's going to be at kansas for life we'll see about that so Well, he listen, if they can pay up, he might. So I'm not, I'm not ruling it out, but yeah, there's a tough loss for them today. Yeah. Yeah. Very tough. Good win for Texas tech and Joey McGuire. That's the Texas tech team. We thought we were going to see all season. Um, But getting, getting back to the, the Arnett thing uh, that, that game, you know, Max Johnson doesn't start for Texas A&M. The Aggies put up 51 anyway, they won 51 10. Like that, 
that's done. And for those who are going, oh, you know, Zach Arnett's a first-year coach. How is this happening? Uh, usually you're safe. Yes, but the way the contract works, the buyout's $4.5 million. There's an offset. If he were to get hired as a coordinator in the SEC of the Big Ten at, say, oh, I don't know, LSU, uh, that would cover the $1.5 million a year that they'd owe him for the next three years. So uh, it, the buyout could be zero for all we know. I mean, he could be he he could be a natural fit with with Lincoln out at USC. He's the fact yeah. that he's coached opposite of that similar sort of offense and and is used to kind of going up against that in practice. I mean, I, I think that's a that's an easy decision, especially because the AD uh, it's a new AD at Mississippi State who did not promote yeah, him Zach Selman the interim yep. tag. So there's a lot of natural, I think. Uh, reasons for why a change could be uh, imminent there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, so let's get back to the national title picture because we haven't talked about everybody who's in the hunt. Uh, let's talk Florida State. Florida State survives Miami. Uh, I hope Emory Williams is going to be okay. I thought he did a great job in his second start for Miami. Uh, hurt at the end of the game. It looked bad. But Florida State kind of took control in the third quarter. Not dominant, but... This is a rivalry game. I just I thought they would wipe the floor with Miami like they did last year. And so Me I was too. a little I, surprised. I was totally wrong. They got, you know, this might maybe it was a one-off performance, but they got whipped on both lines of scrimmages in this game, Andy. This was a game yeah. that Miami dominated them up front. The FSU was outgained. Travis was harassed a bunch. You know, the, uh, Benson had 80 rushing yards, but 40 of them came on on his one touchdown run. You know, yeah. really, they, they weren't able to put the game away until Keon Coleman had a huge punt return and then mm -hmm. scored a touch, uh, scored on a, on a short, uh, you know, touchdown reception. So I, I don't know if Florida, you know, because of the schedule, I, I don't, you know, I think they should still be able to run the table here. Louisville, maybe we'll give them a fight in the ACC championship game. But I do think of all the, the undefeateds, they probably look the most, uh, flimsy yeah or, or flawed but the fact is well, they have the easiest path because like washington who we'll talk about here in a second yeah. has to play is going to probably have to play oregon again and they have to go to oregon state next weekend exactly let's talk about washington right now because they fell behind they were behind at half but defense pitched shut out in the second half i thought that was that was a really positive sign because that's what washington has to have if they're going to get through this undefeated, I don't think they have to be undefeated. I think if they lose in Corvallis next week, but then go beat Oregon in the, in the PAC 12 championship game, they're still fine, but it would help if their defense plays the way it did in the second half against Utah for the rest of the season. Because I think if they do that, they're in the playoff. Certainly I, I, I will quibble. I don't know. I think if they slip up, I think I could see the committee maybe doing like, Oh, Alabama beats Georgia, perhaps they both get in, sorts of deal. But that's what we're getting putting the cart before the horse there. Today, they Barnes was carving them up in the first half. Whatever they do in the second half, big adjustments. 
he only completes four passes, two passes to Washington, including what should have been a pick six by a linebacker who lays the ball a yard and a half short of the end zone. So Washington should have covered the spread. They should have covered the eight, and, and they don't, but they get the safety instead. So Penix, it was a weird, bad condition, so he was a little bit off. And yet when he needed to throw those bombs, you know, he just surgically hit three moonshots to yep. Roma Dunze, including a couple just gorgeous 30-yard touchdown passes. It is it is the prettiest ball in college football. I don't know what it is about what the way the lefties throw it, because like Tua, Tua threw the prettiest ball as well. And that was the same year as Kyler, who also threw a pretty ball and got mad at me uh, because I wrote in Sports Illustrated that Tua threw a prettier ball than him. Kyler Murray got mad at you? After he won the Heisman, like moments after winning the Heisman, I had to interview him for SiriusXM. And he's like, dude, what's up with you saying Tua has a pretty, throws a prettier ball than me? I was like, wow. Congratulations. <laughs> so, but well, at least he had no, time to read your article and wasn't playing. Call I appreciated of Duty. That, that. Seems, that seems to be a problem in his, for his days in the pros. So, yeah, I definitely appreciated that. But no, I, so I'm, I'm very excited about Washington, Oregon State. I think that's going to be a fun game. I think, you know, we're going to get the Jonathan Smith. I just mentioned Jonathan Smith for any of these job openings. And I know the Oregon State fans don't want to hear that because he's their guy. You know, he, he's, from there, he's a walk-on quarterback there. And under normal circumstances, somebody who's having success at their alma mater isn't going anywhere. But Oregon State is in such a weird position with the whole Pac-2 thing that, listen, he's been so good. You're, you'd be crazy not to consider him if you have an open. Especially with, like you said, the dearth of other candidates out there. I mean, yeah. you know, if, if Elko pulls this off, tonight you know they're on the ropes now in overtime but if they if you know whatever happens even whatever happens elko is still going to be an interesting candidate uh yeah. smith is, is going to be a guy that folks have circled um does a guy like dave doran decide it's time to maybe move to a different job you know i think he would be an attractive candidate they had a big win today uh, as well, NC State. Well, so. after MJ Morris uh, exactly. took the red shirt, Brennan Armstrong led them to that win. So, yeah, it, there there's a lot of potential iterations coming up. Someone ought to go um, hire Kurt Signetti. I we had him on the show last week. He's he's great. JMU keeps it up. Game they day. should be going. They should, they're getting game day. The NCAA needs to just make them postseason eligible so they can play for the Sun Belt title. And potentially because they're like Tulane barely survived Tulsa. So they've, they have barely beaten East Carolina and barely beaten Tulsa. Like I think James Madison would beat Tulane if they played. I do too. They've, Tulane's got four straight wins uh, by single digits. Yeah. So they need, they need to let JMU in and give JMU a chance to compete for that new year's six bowl spot because they deserve it. It's, it, it's not, it's just stupid at this point. We know they're qualified to be in the FBS. We know it. They have done nothing but prove it since they've been there. Oh my gosh, North Carolina uh, dropped a touchdown pass on third and goal. It is now fourth and goal. This is the oh, game. A second behind you. Oh, that was the game. That was it. In his hands, in the end zone. It was not the greatest throw. May let him a little too much, but Nate. It, yeah. So, one more play, but. While we wait to find out what happens in the in the North Carolina, they're going to kick the field goal, so they're going to go to double overtime unless uh, college kickers happens. But 
let's talk Texas because this is one of those that you watch the first half. You're like, wow, they got this under control. This is exactly how Texas needs to beat TCU. And then it, it winds up being, it was 26 to six final score, 29, 26, 20, 20 points. And I did not get many eyes on this game. I got to be honest, Andy, this was, this was one because of the other screens. There was so many games I going turned, on. I, I Quinn, turned to another game because it just wasn't like Texas was dominating. And, and, you know, TCU has just not been a, a trustworthy team this season. So with Ewers back, I think most assumed, you know, you get more competent QB play compared to what you had from Malik Murphy the last couple of weeks. You should be all right. You know, the Big 12, I think, is just it's just a lot, it's just a lot of middle. And and Texas has been able to ri- kind of rise to the top because they have the most talent. But you know, with each week, I, I don't know about you, but like you kind of do this redux thing. We've talked about it from the Washington uh Oregon angle about who would be favored. The line comes out this week. Oregon would be favored by a touchdown, you know, in a rematch in the Pac-12 championship game. I would take Bama by at least a touchdown on a neutral field against Texas right now. I know they lost at home, but they're playing way the hell better than the Longhorns right now. Jalen Milrow has just found, you know, he is just a machine out there in terms of what he can do with his arms and legs. Uh, First Alabama quarterback in history to go for six touchdowns with three rushing and three uh, passing apiece. Um, you know, they, they beat the heck out of, out of Kentucky today. Yeah, it was, it was ugly from the start. And I was a little worried cause there was a play where Milrow, uh, scrambles for a first down. He gets kind of rolled up and gets up kind of favoring one. It looked like favoring one of his knees. And I thought, uh Oh, that that's going to really, cause if they got Ty Simpson warming up and you're like, well, that's it so much for this Alabama Renaissance. But Milrow <laughs> comes back in, and they continue to just blast Kentucky. And Nick Saban says after the game how much fun he's having coaching this team. Look, I am really excited. So Alabama-Georgia is set as the SEC championship game. Now, they go; they both got to keep winning for it to be the epic matchup with playoff implications, with with maybe they could both make it in the, in the balance. But I can't wait for that game. Oh, that game's going to be incredible. Because Alabama has has found its groove, uh, you know they, they Kentucky scored some garbage time points late, but this was a housing from the start. You know, coming off that emotional win against LSU, that some you know are kind of eyeing a potential letdown spot for Alabama. No such case. You know, this was a game that Saban was going to be madder than hell uh, the whole day. And, and by the end he was smiling because his team showed up and, and they played a complete performance and it's on to the next, you get a, a cupcake, uh, against UT Chattanooga next weekend. And then it's the iron bowl. And, and perhaps that game looks a, at least a little more interesting with the way Auburn's playing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's at Auburn and we've seen Auburn push Georgia get weird at Auburn. And, and, and you're right. Auburn is better than the way, when they play Georgia right now. So absolutely cannot wait for that. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, the Big 12, Texas needs to beat Iowa State next week or things could get really, really weird. Touchdown, Drake May, by the way. So Texas has one loss in Big 12 play. They're the only team with one loss. Because Oklahoma State went to Jam Lando on Saturday, and UCF remains undefeated in space games. It was the space game, the Citronaut uniforms. UCF beat them 45 to 3, Jesse. 45 to 3. John Rice Plumley was running all over them. And 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 poor Ollie Gordon was not. And and Oklahoma State's offense completely went into the tank without their Heisman Trophy candidate running back. I mean, he had a fumble. Alan Bowen threw three interceptions in the first half. This was a you know a splattering from the start. I think UCF was up twenty-four to nothing at halftime. Ugly, ugly showing for Oklahoma State. Snaps their six-game winning streak. You know those those long shot tickets for them to make the Big Twelve title game just became a lot more precarious because Kansas State blasts. Uh, well, what it wasn't even went, a long shot, Jesse. It was, it, they were no, 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 but it. I mean, like before the, yeah. before the season, those long shots. Oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. like, yeah. yeah, I mean, no one, few had Oklahoma State circled as, as a potential Big 12, you know, championship contender, but now they, they still have the schedule with Houston and BYU, but it just their path just got a lot muddier. Well, K, all right, K State's in there, but now Oklahoma State has the tiebreak over K State. Right. And Texas beat K-State as well. So that's good for Texas. Texas has got to beat Iowa State, though, because Iowa State right now is beating BYU. If they if that holds, they're only going to have two losses. They have a win against Oklahoma State. If they were to have the win against Texas, it throws everything into chaos because Oklahoma has a win against Iowa State. And all of and a sudden... back big against West Virginia today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so things get weird in the Big 12. I don't know who wins. Like... At that point, I'm not even going to bother with any tiebreaker scenarios. We're, we're just going to be like, okay, they'll play some games at the, in the last week, and we'll see who, who winds up winning this thing. But that would really complicate matters quite a bit. And I just – they better go beat Iowa State. And Ames has not been a kind place to Texas over the years. No, and, and you know, again, we don't know what Texas team we're going to get on a weekly basis. We've seen it the last few weeks that, you know, they, they kind of let down against Kansas State. Wildcats almost come back against them a week ago. They let down today. You know, a bad uh, TCU team almost comes back, pushes them to the brink. You play with your food too much, Andy, and you know what happens. You, you know, the plate, you're going to spill it all, all over the plate. So, yeah, that's exactly right. So, yeah, the Big 12 potential for chaos. We'll see what happens. Uh, by the way, North Carolina scored a touchdown and got the two-point conversion. Remember, you have to go for the two-point conversion in double overtime. So uh, Duke now trying to match, but oof, it's it's looking looking tough for Duke. This is this is an interesting one, Jesse, because this we're trying to figure out who's going to play Michigan or Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. I think it's going to be Iowa. Iowa beats Rutgers 22 to nothing. The under hits again. The under opened at 28 and a half. It was the first, they, I guess they've only been keeping track of this since 2000. 
it was the first college football total to open under 30 since at least 2000. What do you think they open at next week? Because there's there's nothing low enough. Who do they play? Illinois. Which which just dropped like fifty today in a wild mm-hmm. game with Indiana, Indiana. I, uh, which I saw none of, but I just saw the uh, the box score and I was mercy. And they had backup quarterbacks in that game, and they both offenses were going crazy. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you can't put it low enough. And and Brian Ferens and Kirk Ferens are just laughing the whole way. Uh, twenty two to nothing. Now, Iowa this did was, throw this- for two hundred twenty three yards today. Like it was a, it was a, a, as competent as their offenses looked, even though that's not exactly how things w- went down in the game in terms of scoring. But this was as competent as their offenses looked. So maybe, maybe the pressure's off Brian knowing he's not coming back. Yeah, maybe. But, and you know what? This is a team that we're probably going to see a repeat of, of two years ago when they got just completely smashed by Michigan. What was it, 40 to? 43 to seven or whatever it was in the big yeah. 10 championship game. Yeah. It, it was just, just unbelievable. So after Jesse, seeing, this, after seeing Michigan live today, Andy, who, mm-hmm. what, are you, do you feel even better about the Wolverines, you know, basically cementing and definitely being the top team vis-a-vis Ohio state? No, no, I, no? I think they're, I would pick them to win in the game, but w- would I be surprised if they didn't? What's your no. holdback? Is it is it because that they don't? We still don't know about JJ McCarthy as good as he's been this season. Well, I haven't seen them play a truly dynamic offense, and I don't even know if Ohio State is. But I know that Marvin Harrison Jr. is one of those best player on the field kind of people, and he probably is the best player on the field when they play. I want, he's definitely going to be the best player on the field. I agree with that. And 18 was, he was the difference against Penn state. Um, I just, I wonder if, if, if Ohio state is just going to have enough bullets to beat Michigan, because I just think that the, the Wolverines have proven to be so deep and so physical and whether it's that front seven or the, you know, I think they're going to win the Joe Moore award for the third straight year. Blake Corum finally, Blake, Blake Corum, this was a game, you know, kind of just circling back. I, I, don't know on if they can, I don't know if they can do that to, to Ohio State, Jesse. That's Ohio State's defense is really good. And what they were doing today to Penn State, a lot of it was Penn State was, was on third and medium, third and long. Penn State was trying to pressure J.J. McCarthy. And so seeing that pressure coming – Michigan just called out the runs to the outside where they would they would seal off the the because the pressure was coming up the middle. So they would just seal off whoever the edge defender was and run. And so I I don't know that Ohio State is going to try to do that. Like Ohio State, I think, is a little more dynamic. Like for Penn State, you have Chop Robinson and basically, you know, they were bringing Abdul Carter with pressure. I, I think maybe Ohio State's front four holds up a little bit better against Michigan's offensive line without having to do anything exotic and without having to completely sell out North Carolina won, by the way, uh, Duke scored a touchdown, but could not get the two point conversion. So Mac Brown is, uh, is very happy. 
Yeah, I guess last point on that. You're you're probably right that if you know, I don't. I'm I'm guessing that Michigan isn't going to run quite as many jumbo, extra offensive linemen, extra tight end sets against against Ohio State's front because I think JTT and Sawyer uh, Hill and those guys are probably going to be able to hold up a little better because they're a little they're a little more physical. Penn State, those guys are fast, twitchy, right? You know, but they're athletic, very yeah, like. But, but yeah, Chop just, Robinson got around the edge a few times, and it was scary fast how 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 well he did. And then Carter, when they bring him, it is if you're the quarterback and he's coming at you, it's it's pretty terrifying. But you're right. I, I think Ohio State does not necessarily have to sell out as much, which will force Michigan to play a little more straight up. Still, I will pick Michigan. I unless something crazy happens next week, I'm picking Michigan to win that game. Uh, but me too. you know who it made me. You know who it made me feel better about Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. Like it made me feel a lot better about Georgia or Alabama winning a national title because I'm still not sure they're there yet at Michigan. I mean, again, it speaks volumes that they didn't have to trust their quarterback today, but at some point you're going to have to trust your quarterback. And we saw what happened with him last year versus TCU. McCarthy made a couple colossal mistakes and that proved to be the difference in the game. He still finished with a bajillion yards and touchdowns, but the pick sixes, were what cost them. And and that was the difference. He also did keep them alive against Ohio state until the run game came around. So I like, I don't have a problem with JJ McCarthy. I'm not worried about him. I think he's very good. I just, I'm not sure the total package is there yet for Michigan compared to what we saw from Georgia tonight. Like if they have to play that version of Georgia, I'm just not sure they're there yet. What also could be a combination of not necessarily not trusting JJ as much as it is. Do we not trust the combination of JJ plus a lack of explosiveness on the perimeter? Roman Wilson's good, but you right. know if you're ranking wide receiver rooms, Michigan's going to be last behind the you know these championship contenders in terms of Georgia, even Alabama, definitely Ohio State, State, Texas, Ohio State, Texas, Washington, you know, all these teams yep. that just have these explosive dudes on the perimeter. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it. That's the only thing that gives me like, I like Michigan up front. Their, de- their defensive line is great. I, I was so impressed, especially with their interior defensive line. So, but I, what I saw from Georgia tonight was that's, that's the team you have to beat to win the national title. Like you, somebody has to be able to beat that version of that team. Now, who and that with the is, transit, and with the transitive, and with the, you know some of the transitive property stuff, the comparison stuff, you know, they bottled up, especially in the second half last week. Missouri mm-hmm. Schrader had some nice runs off the edge, but Cook, you know, really couldn't do anything. The performance that the Tigers did to rebound from that physical game, emotional game, to then come back and just completely pants a Tennessee team that's beat them by an average of 40 points the last two weeks, the last two seasons. Oh, yeah. We, we got to talk about this. Impressive. It was, it was so, just, I mean, like, hat tip to Eli Drago. And he trolled the hell out of Tennessee after the game. And good on him because... Well, they ran it up against him. So I, I yeah, think he's, uh, exactly. he's earned that one. Now, exactly. I... Did some some cruising on the old VolQuest message boards after that game, and hot, ooh, hot. Tennessee fans are down bad right now. Not even hot because like they know they have a good coach in Josh Heupel. They appreciate what Josh Heupel has done, but they're frustrated right now because 
it's not going to happen for them this season. Like they watched that game and then they watched Georgia and they're like, Oh, okay. And I, I would imagine they're still going to be fired up next week when Georgia comes to town. Neyland's still going to be a tough environment, but if Georgia plays the way they did tonight, Tennessee doesn't stand a chance. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think if, if Georgia, based on the way Tennessee played tonight, if Georgia plays like they did against South Carolina or Auburn, they still probably win. Um, I mean, this was a Tennessee team that ran for fewer than a hundred yards. They had a bunch of turnovers. Milton threw a pick six. Uh, you know, there was a weird, uh, you know, penalty called when even Tennessee was still down by three scores. So it was like, you know, I, a lot of Tennessee fans were griping on Twitter about it, but it was kind of a little bit of too, too little, too late. This was the, the, the Cody, uh, Cody Schrader show. I mean, how yeah. that kid played D2 football is incredible. This guy, yeah, he, ran, must have, he must have been great at Truman State. He was 12 yards short of the Missouri re- school record for yardage today, had over 200 yards rushing, led Missouri in passing. This game changed, Andy. I don't know how many, you know, you're doing post game stuff and whatnot with Penn State. I know this game changed dramatically late in the first half. Tennessee has the ball, looks like they're going to try to go kick a field goal. Instead, Jalen Wright fumbles. Missouri's backed mm-hmm. way up. Looks like, oh, we'll just go into the half, kneel it out. No, Drinkowitz calls a screen pass to Schrader. He goes like 50 yards, boom, sets up a field goal. Vols completely lose the middle eight there to start the third quarter. Game over. Yeah, it it, it was dominant in the second half for Missouri. And listen, Missouri is really good. They, and they're, they got Florida and Arkansas left. They should be 10-2 and two this season. And With wins I, over I Kansas think- State. Housing, mm-hmm. Tennessee. Yep. That's going to get them into New Year's Six Bowl. So unless they r- really screw up, they're going to New Year's Six Bowl. By the way, Oregon almost handed USC the ball on the goal line, but they got it back. So Oregon is up 19-7 for those of you who aren't watching. I don't know that we're going to hang till the end of that game. <laughs> Jesse and I could talk for the next two hours, but I don't know. I don't know if you want that in your podcast. That that might be a little long. I have, I have not... Uh, I haven't checked all the metrics, but I'm guessing you're not all going for a three-hour recap podcast. So, uh, Jesse, interesting week. A lot of blowouts. A lot of blowouts. Not a lot of not a lot of drama, except in Chapel Hill, of course, where they have rushed the field after beating Duke. As one does. <laughs> but they get that <laughs> bell they get to ring, where they get the, you spin it and the bell turns around and rings. That. That's what the winner of this game gets. So I, uh, I, I'd be excited about that too. So, all right, everybody. It was a fun Saturday. It was not the most dramatic Saturday, but I got to cover an incredibly weird game. That's one of the strangest scenes I've ever seen. One of the strangest 24 hour periods I've ever seen a football team have. And, uh, we got a week where got some big games coming up. Uh, got a, a court hearing that will determine whether Jim Harbaugh gets to coach against Maryland. Like who's got it better on than us Friday, on yeah. Friday when his team, when his team's going to be on another plane, the plane's going to be like idling on the tarmac when they'll be waiting on the judge. Ah, who's got it. Didn't better you, than us, did, before the report, the conflicting reports came out, Andy with, mm-hmm. you know, and we won't have to name names of, you know, there was some folks that said he was going to get the green light and then other folks, immediately recanted that report. Uh, but it, 
I didn't you just wish that we were just moments away from him getting the green light and Jim Harbaugh just parachuting into the stadium? Just being like that. This is the, the this is my entrance. WWE. I'm gonna, yeah, like a, yeah. I'm just parachute me into this thing. That would have been fun. Like they had a fighter flyover. I, I know. That's what I'm saying. You can't parachute out of those things, but well, you, you know, can it, if they're cr- about to crash. But I don't think you, you can parachute out of a of, out of one that's still working. So, yeah, that's a. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought I was. You know that Vince McMahon tunnel walk. That's what I was expecting. But no, didn't happen. And so we now wait for the court hearing because that's what we do here in college football. We wait for the court hearing in the case where the school and the coach have sued their own conference. Because that always happens. <laughs> with, the conference, with the conference literally saying the head coach did not know, but. We don't care. Shrugs emoji. <laughs> What a world. What a sport. We'll talk to you again on Sunday night.